Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Broadway Breakdown. I am your co-host, Matt Koplick. And I'm your other co-host, Orfe, also known in some circles as John Stephen Wiscavage. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Have you ever seen Orfe and John Wiscavage in the same place? You haven't. The answer is no. And there's no. a reason for that. And it's called a restraining yeah. order. Um <laughs> No. Um, hi, everybody. We took a little I... bit of a break <laughs> because mm-hmm. life. Um, life. But I've li- all had things going on. Yes, but I like this. I like that we're the kind of friendship where we don't need to talk, to talk every day. We can kind of go away for a little bit, go on a, on a little trip to an ashram. Ashram? Ashram. An ashram in India. <laughs> And um, come back and just be like we never even left. So sure, it may have been weeks since we last talked. Sure, the Tony nominations, we had our predictions and they came out and we didn't follow up with that. But hey, we had shit to do. You probably had shit to do too. So why were you procrastinating? People, I don't know why you're yelling at us, okay? We busy, you busy, okay? Everybody's busy. Seriously, no, seriously, though, um, it's very nice to be back uh, in our recording studio, which, of course, actually is just you in a corner of your apartment and me at a kitchen table in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I mean, is that not how most people record together? I I, am, I honestly think this is how everything is recorded ever. Yeah, I, I <laughs> think I heard a rumor that's how I think I heard a rumor that's how they recorded all of the SpongeBob cast album. I actually believe that. I, yes. I don't think that's just an all that chat rumor. I think it's an all that rumor. And not mm-hmm. talking about all... the 90s sketch comedy show that shot Amanda Bynes and Kenan Thompson into stardom. Gosh, what the irony that it was the two of them that were shot into stardom. And gosh, what different I... roads what they happened took. To, what happened to Laura Beth, what's her face? Uh, Lori, Beth, L- Lori Beth Dimberg, right? Yeah, what happened to her? She did a couple movies, didn't she? Um... She probably did. did a, she? she probably to make it applicable to this podcast. She probably did a play somewhere. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. She's in like the Cleveland Players production of Noises Off now or something. Exactly. Know. Probably. She. She is probably 
trying real hard at her North Shore apartment. A- apartment? <laughs> what are words? Who, who needs to speak to John Miscavige every day when he makes up words like that? Um, and the thing is, is like, I've, you would think that maybe this is just, I mean, it's not early morning, but early-ish morning, John, but I've actually been awake for almost four hours. I just, and I haven't even had coffee until right now. I just took my first sip. So maybe that's why I'm this way. Um, you also inspired me to Google search Lori Beth Denberg. Um, she was on the Steve Harvey show for a while. I remember that. Okay. She's 42 years old. Damn. Um, she made a brief cameo in Workaholics. And then in March of 2018, she joined fellow All That castmates for a semi-reunion on the MTV TV show, Wild and Out. Well, if that doesn't answer all of our questions, I don't know what does. I, I smell a new bio-musical coming to Broadway. <laughs> a new nymph musical coming... coming <laughs> the rise and fall of coming, Lori Beth Dinberg. Coming next summer. Hmm. Dimberg, it's a lot like Hamilton, but exactly. Dim, that's the total title. Dimberg, exactly. The rise and fall of an icon. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. Uh, Speaking of forty-two, someone has a birthday coming up. (gasps) Who could it be? Who could it be? He reminds me of Skeletor, but a lot gayer. Yes, I would agree with that. And thank you for the compliment. It's me, you guys. I turn 30 in three motherfucking days. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I just want to thank everyone who got me here to this point. I never thought I would make it to 30. Not in a morbid way. It's just that if you ever met me, you also would should be very surprised that I have survived Making it to 30. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I always tell people when they, like, want some sort of praise for a basic achievement, I say, you want a cookie? Yeah. You know, like, oh, I did my laundry today. You want a cookie? For right. you, I would actually give you a cookie every day after you turned 30 just because you're still here. I'm God, in the name of God, a.k.a. Elaine Stritch, I am still here. You know, mm-hmm. it's, damn, we did it. Damn. Uh, yes, we can. <laughs> Except you remember Lori Beth Dinberg, and I you're here. I do. She's uh. only 12 years older than me. Yeah, so I, I turned 30 this Sunday, um, and I close a show that I opened last week on my 30th birthday, my dream show, um, A New Brain, where I'm playing Gordon Schwinn. And I know that I, I know that people hate it when I'm earnest, and they hate it when I'm very emotionally vulnerable, or they like it. I don't know. I don't really care. But um, <laughs> you're not I, a people pleaser at all. I, I'm not. I don't think I ever really have been. I think every time I try to please people, it ends up going horribly awry. So um, yeah, I, I I feel just so happy and excited. Um, yeah. So the the plan is I close my show on Sunday. Gonna go up hopefully bowling with the cast. I want to just do something really fun that night. Then I fly back in. Uh, Monday morning, Memorial Day. Um, and I don't... You did respond to my Facebook invite, right, Matt? This, I want to bring the drama uh, live in front of you all. Did you respond? <laughs> Put on the spot. Um, new oh, phone. Who dis? No, cool. I, no, I did. I totally I thought you did. I totally yeah. did. <laughs> but um, yeah. I'm, I'm having like a big birthday shindig that day. Um, and then just like the tiniest group of people and I... Because uh, it was brought up, like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I think I want to escape a room. And um, 
one of the escape rooms I've never done is the theater that's downtown. Have you ever done it? I've never, I've never done a single escape the room. <gasps> it gives me a lot of anxiety. Okay, then we're going to talk after this because okay. I think there's still like one or two spaces as long as no one else bought any who said they weren't going to. Um, saying, because, unless like any of your real friends you have would, turned you down. Because you, no, because you would love it. And I just love the idea of having to escape in a theater for my 30th birthday because what a metaphor. <laughs> It's a big metaphor. It's a big old metaphor. No, I, I'm not escaping theater. I could never escape it, unfortunately. But no, um, you, you're always going to be trapped in it. I'm just like that closet, R. Kelly. Mm. Oh, mm. Weird reference. Mm. Um, speaking of pee. Speaking of pee, how have you been? <laughs> I've been good. Um, I sim- I recently moved to Lin Manuel Miranda's neck of the woods, uh, oh. the Washington Heights. Look literally, literally, I am, guys. I am right next to the George Washington Bridge. Like it is, <gasps> I I should I should start charging people to take like headshots on my fire escape because it's right okay. in front of the bridge. Like what a wonderful, what a wonderful spot to have your headshots taken. Or like just charge like a Biddy Soprano and her tenor friend to shoot music videos of tonight. Oh, my fire escape right every weekend. On your fire like a escape. solid grand. Yeah, Gosh. right on the fire escape. It'd be perfect. Um, but yeah, that's exhausted me to no end. And um, yeah. Uh, ooh, <laughs> I did, since we last spoke, I did see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Oh, I love a low-budget, no-name production. <laughs> yes, it's um, straight from Nymph, off-Broadway. Mm. No one expected anything from it, but here we are. No. Um, no. I have to say, actually, so... um. Uh, I so I went with my editor, who um, is not super into Harry Potter. He like did some research, but he had never read the books. He never seen the movies. He basically just like read <laughs> synopses of, of all the books. And I will say they mm-hmm. they do a very good job in the playbill. They have like mm. a little ex, a little synopsis of every book, and then they like give you key phrases and characters to know. Mm. Um, so if you've never done any Harry Potter research, like you at least will get some sort of background from the playbill. That said, I don't know why you would go see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child if you have zero knowledge of Harry Potter. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's like, it's, it is, it is very much a sequel. Um, and like any, yeah. any sequel story, you gotta know a little bit of what happened beforehand. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I did promise to hashtag keep the secrets. So okay. um, I will only I will I will try to appeal to both people who want some spoilers and people who are like no spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the theater is gorgeous. It is they, mm. uh, for those of you who don't know, they renovated that barn ass motherfucking theater. The lyric uh, <laughs> to give you guys an uh, an idea of how large this theater used to be. It was two theaters originally that they combined into one. Cause I did not know that. You did not know that? No. Um, yeah. Garth Drabinsky, who uh, hopefully some of our listeners will know who he is. Canadian producer of like Ragtime and Parade and Kiss of the Spider Woman, who then eventually went to jail uh, <gasps> for defrauding his investors. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like cooked the books all over the place. He wow. was like, Ragtime's going to be the next chorus line it's gonna run for a million years so 
we need the biggest theater imaginable for it because who doesn't want 2,000 seats in your theater? Um, Most producers now. <laughs> I know, right? Well, he learned the hard way. So he literally <laughs> took two theaters that no one had used for a long time and pushed them together to make this giant-ass theater. And then for like 20 years, no one could fill it because um, it's yeah. so huge. Um, yeah. Yeah, so they did this it, big renovation it, of it. Um, it is took smaller out... than the Broadway theater, right? Because that theater I, I, No, is... it's bigger. It's bigger. It um, is? You're kidding. Because I've actually never been in the Lyric. I've uh, never well, seen a show in it. It Well, n- now that you go see... If you go see Harry <laughs> Potter, if you it won't feel quite as big because they have made it more intimate. But mm. it used to be like... 1900 seats uh like i think it i think it outstripped the uh the gershon or wicked is by like a couple dozen seats or so um but yeah but so now they've made it a bit smaller a little more intimate it's still a pretty big theater but it's not ginormous uh so the theater is gorgeous there are h's all over the carpet and like the sconces are uh hippogriffs and Phoenixes, it's like oh god, it's just like beautiful. It's so beautiful. I was are the are the H's for Hallelujah or what? I don't get that. they they were for me. I don't I can't ah. speak for everyone in that theater, but for me, I was saying Hallelujah everywhere. Um, I get it. They have a part of the lobby, a wing of the lobby is just like walls, uh, uh, with drawings of Patronuses. Which so oh. what book are what book are you now on, John? Um. Uh, I'm still on four. I had to take a bit of a hiatus. Okay. I actually, so probably since the last time you asked, I'm probably in the same exact spot because I have not been able to watch. Okay. Because but, I, uh, yeah. I mean, you've been busy I, I was, with, you've been busy, was, you know, with your new I brain. Was, I was busy. Yeah. She's busy. But you do know what a Patronus is. That's book three. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. yes. I, I'm very familiar with Patronus. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so all that said, that is all very beautiful. Um, the show itself is so incredibly designed and staged, uh, in a way that, like, there are very few super high-tech, like, throwing, throwing money all that on the stage kind of effects. A lot of it is, like, very simple and just imaginative. Um, mm-hmm. Given, like, Disney a run for their money of, like, here's how you can make magic without, like, $5 million on one prop. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, like, a lot of trick staging and wires ever so discreetly placed. It's it's really beautiful. Um, wow. Sounds yeah. like intercourse with me. <laughs> Well, you know, we can ask the 7 million people who've done that. No, it's it's not 7 million. And probably my Patronus, if we're being honest, is like a millennial who wants rosé and she's not getting it. <laughs> she ordered rosé 20 minutes ago and she's yeah. still waiting. She's not pleased. No. If any, well, if it makes you anybody feel any better, my Patronus is... An 87-year-old woman who also ordered rosé, but with a side of ice, because it's just a little too strong for her. Just a little too strong for her. She definitely did. But Harry Potter is all the rosé. So dry, so easy to Uh chug down. Some might say the same of me. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow color. Have you seen Bernadette yet? I haven't, and I don't think I'm going to be able to. No. I mean, I get back next week, but it isn't isn't she done this? Is she done this week? Is she done? Is she? Already? I thought I thought she ended in uh, end of June. Or am I making? Well, that then I up? might be able to see her. I'm, I would yeah. love to see her. I would really love to see her in that role, and I've heard such amazing things. Yeah. Um, and I would love to see some of the other cast changeovers, like Charlie Stemp as mm-hmm. uh, Barnaby Tucker, because he um. I saw him when I was in London last year in my first West End show. He started in Half a Sixpence. And let me tell you, um, 
there was a gaggle of gays on this London trip that I, if you can believe it, uh, bonded with extremely. And we all, during intermission, as a group, as a thirsty, thirsty group, found this poor Charlie Stemp West End actor on Facebook and all friend requested him at the same time being like, one of us is going to get it. Like one of us, he's going to, he's got to take the base bait on one of us. We're all, we're like all types of a buffet right here. And only to find out the next day from our accompanist um, in like a class with a Les Mis director, the accompanist was like, oh no, he's like very straight. And I was like, no, but he is, he is such a, beautiful dancer Mm -hmm. um, and a beautiful face that I would really like to see him in that role as well. Although I am very kind of disappointed. I had reached out to some of my friends who were on the other side of the team in um, Hello, Dolly. And I was like, hey, just want to know, like, because the original Barnaby in this revival was not a dancer. Taylor Trench nary a danced. So I was like, are you going with that version for the tour? Are you guys going to keep the Charlie Stemp like amazing dancer version? He's like, we're keeping the Charlie Stemp amazing dancer version. I was like, cool, 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 cool. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to be on the tour anyway? Whatever. Fuck you. Yeah. Whatever. Betty Buckley. Whatever. Fuck you, Betty Buckley. Um, Yes. I, I would, I have not seen Bernadette or Charlie yet, but I've heard wonderful things about both. So fingers crossed. My fingers are very crossed for you, John. Mm, Same. Mm. Um, moving right along, merrily mm-hmm. we roll along. Uh, we made some Tony predictions. We're just getting a revival. Did you hear about that? Sorry. Yes, no. I did. I did. Um, off Broadway, uh, the yes. fiasco pe- people, the people the, who did the pe- that the, Into the Woods. Yeah, the people who brought us that lovely off Broadway production of Into the Woods, which I adored. Which I, most of the I actors were they they weren't really instrumentalists, but if you played an instrument here or there, it helped. But mm-hmm. it was a super pared down production. Completely loved it. Um, yeah, and so I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with that because everyone knows that that show is a mess. <laughs> I was about to say, Marilyn is one of those shows where it's like, you know how like, um, some women say with childbirth, like you kind of forget the pain, which is why you always like want to have another kid mm, half the time. Yeah. I feel like Marilyn, we always forget that it doesn't work until right. you see another production of it and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, this doesn't work. Yeah, but if anyone could, like, flip something on its side and, like... Because maybe that's a way that would help it work. I don't know. But, sorry. Okay, that was a tangent. Let's see, let's, let's, it was just... This, that was barely a tangent, girl. Come on, we've had worse. I, I know, I know. I know we've had way worse. But, um, but yes, okay. So there's a revival of that. But back to what you were saying. Since yes. we have last recorded, the nominations did come out, and we now mm. get to see how brilliant we are yeah well i do want to say in the last episode i ended up cutting it because after we recorded the final tony eligibility rulings came out after we recorded Mm -hmm. um and i had originally said uh harry potter was eligible for score only for the next day for the tonys to be like no matt cop like you're wrong so Mm. i cut that bit out because i was like "Eh, by the time this episode was released everyone will just think i didn't read the rulings which i do religiously (laughs) i Um, believe you do Yes. So, yeah, they came out and uh, we were right in some respects and not right in others. Um, what we What is your takeaway from this? I know you haven't seen a bunch of the stuff. I know you saw Once on this Island and Band's Visit um, and Frozen. Uh, I mean, we were I mean, we were right on with Best Musical, you know, yeah. like we really we really um, nailed that category. I think play, we both kind of more or less admitted that we were a little less well-versed in that, especially me. Mm. Um, I think, 
Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be very interesting because I, it's definitely very much the year of the, like, one underdog kind of in each category up against mm-hmm. these, like, titans. You know, and not titans in the sense of that every musical is perfect that they're up against or that every production that they're up against is perfect, but that has some kind of huge commercial draw. You know, yeah. you have... You have um, you have bands visit up against Frozen Mean Girl Spongebob. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, uh, different plays like Junk up against Harry Potter or Latin History for Morons, which was starring John Leguizamo. You know, mm-hmm. you have Carousel uh, and My Fair Lady, two crazily well-established revivals that people love seeing and love so much and have been getting great reviews up against the little show that could the little revival that could once on this island mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm very interested by that aspect of these nominations yeah um so fun fact everybody i yours truly matt Coplick, will actually be attending the tony awards this year um, oh my god i don't know if you saw kevin my... spacey finally got a date <laughs> he did he's finally brought back to the tony awards i don't know if anyone saw my instagram i was in a I trying on a tux. It. That's what it was for. Um, so it's only from the side. You don't see the full tux because I want to. I want to keep it a surprise. But I'll be. Yeah, I'll be going. And oh a friend of mine uh, was. She was. She was being like intentionally shady when she's like, "I'm so jealous mm-hmm. of you." Not that jealous though, because it's not going to be that great of a Tony Awards. And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, there's no like big Hamilton this year." Or, no. you know, like, even in Revival, like, there's no South Pacific. Like, there's not the show that everyone's, like, excited to see sweep. But I would argue that it's actually going to be a very interesting Tony Awards. Because there are very few categories that are, like, a sure thing. Um, yeah, completely. Yeah, like, I... Like, Harry Potter will very clearly win play. Uh, and yes. I would say Band's Visit is probably... It's pretty much a sure thing for score. Just yes. about everything else, though, like, there is a possibility that, like, someone else could get it other than whatever we consider the front runner to be. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, and that is very exciting to me. Um, I, how do you feel about the uh, actor categories, you know? Um, oh, like, the specifically actors or, like, all the acting categories? Spe- spe- no, specifically the actors who are kind of in each category. You know, I'm, I'm looking at a list right now. Mm. Do, you, do you think any of those are shoo-ins? I could possibly argue that I, I think that it would be very, very bizarre for Nathan Lane not to win for Angels in America. But Agreed. I have heard that Anthony Boyle in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is amazing. He's the one who plays uh, Lucius's son, right? Or yes. not, uh, Malfoy's Scorpius. Son. He plays Mal- Scorpius Malfoy. Yeah, he's, um, and yeah. he is amazing. Um, uh, but that's another thing. Um, so, like in that category, it, for me, it is very clearly Nathan Lane opposite Anthony Boyle. Like those are the two. Yes. That same. are yeah. And I see a world in which either one of them gets it because Nathan Lane is giving a. Like career best performance in Angels in America. Um, yeah, like I've never. That's what seen, I've heard. Yeah, I've never seen him better. Do you have a dog yeah. over there? Uh, yeah, there there are dogs in the in my uh, housing because of my uh, housemate. So say hi, doggies. Doggies on the uh, doggies on the uh, podcast. Head doggies yes. on the podcast. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. But then on the other hand, Anthony Boyle is he is really fantastic in Cursed Child. Everyone in that production is really good. Uh, with the exception yeah. of the of the actress who plays McGonagall, which I'm not throwing shade at, she's just 
not on par with everyone else. So I could honestly see either one of them getting it. Um, yeah. I mean, Nathan Lane has the uh, credit in, like, the theater community that Anthony Boyle is still probably going to have to establish for himself. But like, Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I can't tell you with confidence which one I think will win. Um, yeah. I could I could honestly see it going either way. And same thing with lead actor in a musical. Um, same. I was just looking at that category. I was looking at these names, and I was just thinking, it could be any of you guys. Yeah. Um, I... Because so when I I every year I try to see one show the night before the Tony Awards because like the energy in the theater is always so electric. Um, mm. So like last year it was Hello Dolly. The year before that, um, I think it was uh, Color Purple, and and then mm. the year before that was Fun Home. This year I chose My Fair Lady, and it's well, it'll be a means, wonderful that night. Means that uh, Lauren Ambrose is going to win then because every show you've just mentioned didn't the leading actress win. Uh, except for Fun Home, uh, but that was that was um, I, I think I saw Kelly O'Hara like the week after King and I opened. But it could be Lauren Ambrose. Um, she apparently has missed a couple of performances this week, which might hurt yes. her chances because I think Tony voters were there. Um, um, you you can't uh, you 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 can't it, you you won't go to a performance where a lead is out. That that's un, um, that it's a rule. Okay. Um, yeah. Then that's then that makes me feel better for her. Uh, but yeah. I mean, they uh, could take that into consideration of the fact that she's been calling out, and so it's like, well, can she do this role? Is w- sure. what's going on here? So people sure. might put that into, but they are going to actually see her. You you cannot yes. um, see your your show. You, you can but see it, but you, I, you cannot vote on that. So uh, what I mean is, what I meant is, uh, it's entirely possible that say this weekend Tony voters were supposed to go, and then contacted by Lincoln Center to reschedule their tickets, which might right. make, you know, as you said, might miff them of, oh, right. can she do it? Um, that said, I, I, I'm very, I cannot discuss her or Henry Hayden Patton. I don't know how you say his name. Uh, Hay- their chances. Hayden Patton. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hayden Patton I won't, I won't, <laughs> I won't be seeing them for like another two weeks. Uh, right. So I, for, I've heard he's brilliant. Um, and Who I is think... he? Hmm? Who is he? I don't know him. He's a British actor of some sort. He was on The mm. Crown. I'd never watched oh, The Crown. Oh, I've um, never watched The Crown either. Yeah, and he apparently was on Downton Abbey, but like after I stopped watching. So I was just like, he really wants me to not know never. who he is. Yeah, I never watched that either, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it's worth... The first season's worth it, if only for Maggie Smith. Yeah. But like, she's always worth it. Um, Maggie Smith... Maggie Smith, uh, but yeah, I he could win. I would probably put my money on Ethan Slater, but I was kind of thinking the same thing, just because yeah. of the who who else is in that comp, that category. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub's is, already won, right? No, he's never won for a play. Oh I no, he never won. Um, he hasn't won yet, uh, and he does have the benefit of being in the front runner for best musical, and he yes. really is. It's a hard performance to. Uh, tell people who haven't seen it why he does why he would deserve it because he right. doesn't really sing in it, but he is the anchor of that show and is so right. heartbreaking in a really uh, understated and simple yes. way. Like he does mm-hmm. not he does not come at the audience. He's like I'm gonna break your heart. He's just he mm-hmm. just is dropped in and he is. Um, yeah, there, yeah. There's an argument for all four of those gentlemen. Um, and 
I would the only reason why I would not vote for Joshua Henry is because I think he has the potential to be a phenomenal Billy. I don't think he is in this production, and I think that's just uh, the production working against him. But sure. um, you know, he could still win. It's a great role. He sings it so ferociously, um, mm. and he and he is like he is so incredibly talented that even like him at his not quite full potential is better than most of us you know on right. our best day so there you exactly. go yeah um yeah i don't know i something i did not see happening was six tony nominees for best actress that was like i didn't either they they really could not um <clears throat> I, I guess it must have been a very close call when the when the votes came in i guess um, so and it's all i mean we have we have a couple tony winners in there which is mm-hmm. pretty norm we have um we yeah, have some Tony I, I, newbies. We have some Tony newbies, and we have some people who should win, like Katrina Lake. <laughs> no, no, no offense. Like I, 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 I think from from the other actresses that I've seen, although I've only ever, I've not only ever, ever, I've only seen two or three of the. I've only seen one of the other nominees. Yeah, I haven't you, seen Mean Girls. Uh, I haven't seen Jesse Mueller in Carousel, and I haven't seen the mm-hmm. Shans or Lauren Ambrose. I just, I find it almost impossible that any of them are giving a more nuanced and heartbreaking performance as Katrina Lank is. And I feel that sometimes Tony Awards can be, as a lot of awards can be, a cumulative win. And Mm. I think last year she really claimed her space and her stake in this theater community with her Tony nomination for Indecent and I think she just knocked it out of the park with this next one. So I, I don't know. I, I really think, uh, who who do you think, if not her, it would go to, or do you think that she might not get it? The only person I can imagine winning over her is Lauren Ambrose, and that is just theoretically off of the uh, the fact that it's a revival. Yes, and and, and the reviews and reading her reviews and a lot of the feedback I've gotten about her. So I cannot say that based off of like legitimate critiques. I have seen all the other nominees, and I'll say. Um, it is a really varied category in terms of what kind of performances are there. Um, oh yeah, like it's you, kind of with, insane. Yeah, like Katrina like is is giving the dropped in earthy mm. breakthrough leading performance. Haley mm. Kilgore is giving the really fresh and likable Broadway debut. Taylor Lautner yes. is giving us full diva worship. Um, yes, and and you know Lashans and Jesse Mueller are theater staples. So there's right. you know there's a little bit of everything. Um, of the performances I've seen, so taking Ambrose out, uh, Katrina Link is by far and away my favorite and my choice Same. for the for the award. Um, a distant second for me would actually be Taylor Louderman, um, which really, yeah, I really hate how much I liked her in Mean Girls, um, <laughs> which is I'm, I don't. But mean, that's the point. Yeah, that, that I don't is, mean to shade Taylor Louderman. I I have only seen her in Bring It On. Which, of that show, of a show that I don't love, I thought she had one of the worst roles in it. So I, I yeah. went into Mean Girls with not a super high opinion of her, not a low opinion, but just like not really an opinion. Um, and she really did a great job. Um, she that sh- and that show, I think I said, is like designed and staged to just like focus on her. Um, mm-hmm. And it would work if she wasn't as good as she is in the role. My name is Regina 
I would not pick her to win, but like, say Katrina Lank pulled the Julie Andrews and said, I'm dropping out of the race. I would go, okay, well, congrats, Taylor. That's what I would do. We were actually talking about this in my cast the other day that, and uh, sorry, I'm going to take a tangent. Hmm. I'm going to take a tangent, pill. Take a a tangent, Um, pill, girl. And I I just realized that if anyone was going to know the answer to this, you would know the answer Hmm. because I could not find it online. Some of the youngins, because there are a couple of babies in my cast, did not know about the very um, historic moment of Julie Andrews uh, turning down her nomination for Victor Victoria. My question that none of us could find the answer to, and I was not sure of, did they pick someone to replace her in that? Or did did they just have an empty spot in that category? She, She technically was still nominated oh, no. like I, I'm, oh. I'm almost sure she, her name was still read at the award ceremony like like when they listed off the nominations she just sure. basically she just made a very public statement of like i reject it and i do not um do not vote mm. for me because i will not accept it um wow yeah which led the way for donna murphy to win her second tony right yeah i don't yeah they did not replace her in the in the lineup and you can you can look on the Tony Awards uh, ceremony. It's on YouTube. I think her name mm-hmm. is still read uh, mm. when they do the list, but she's not there. Like she's not in the room. Mm. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. Yes. For the, and for those of you youngins who are listening who don't know, uh, as John was just saying, legendary like international treasure Julie Andrews uh, came back to Broadway in the '90s in a stage adaptation of Victor Victoria. And proceeded to be the only nomination that production got. And she mm-hmm. made a big curtain speech where she rejected the nomination because she said, everyone in this production is doing such wonderful work. Um, I, I hate that they were all snubbed. Uh, and I, in solidarity with them, I reject my nomination, which was a very bold move of her. Very bold. What a, yeah. what a badass bitch, you know? Yeah. just Something you can only do if you are Julie Andrews. Completely. Mm. If I... Got a Tony nomination for, I don't know, what do I do? Let's say making awful puns. <laughs> I would I would be remiss if I were to turn down my Tony nomination for puns. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But, I'd, I'd, I'd pull a full uh, Billy Porter where I'd be like, oh, I share this with all of you, but I'm going to keep it. Yeah, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, oh, th- my nomination is your nomination, but it's yeah. it's my nomination. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, sorry, that was a tangent, but that was that was an informative tangent. It was, and it was related to the conversation today. So, like, I feel mm. like we over the last few episodes we have grown in our tangents. They mm. are always related to the conversation. We haven't talked about drag race or butt sex in a while. So, like, you know, uh, on on microphone. Not yes, exactly. <laughs> when we text each other, that's something else. Yeah, honestly. I'm just waiting for the day that Miss Vanjie goes into Chicago. <gasps> Miss Vanjie, the name on everybody's <laughs> lips is gonna be 
Vanji. I wanted to make that video when it was at its peak, but I was too busy acting. <laughs> oh, uh, something that we... I forgot that we didn't talk about it yet because we discussed it before we started recording. A um, little bit of casting news, everybody. Uh, oh. Thrice Tony-nominated actor and um, the man I always fantasize before going to bed at night, Andy Carl, will be mm. returning to us on the B-Way next season. Mm. Yes. Uh, in a musical version of um, little indie known film, uh, Pretty Woman. Pretty Pretty Woman. Yeah. Pretty Woman. Um, I was most excited for this show because it was going to be finally the Broadway debut of Samantha Barks. Like, she was finally going to make it. I know. And then Andy Carl had just come in and steal her headline. He really did. He snatched her weave. Mm hmm. Right? He you know, snatched her edges. Uh, but I guess we'll find out if her bark is worse than her bite. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm unplugging my microphone now. and I'm That would get a Tony nomination for puns. Uh. Yes, I, re- I reject your Tony nomination for puns. Goodbye. Aww. Um. Yeah, Steve Kazee had uh, some family uh, problems. Uh, I know his house had burned down and then his father is sick i believe mm, um poor guy yes a lot he's had a lot of um rough patches the last few years i don't pretend to know him uh i only know of his life of what he has made public so right i can, I can only go off of that but yeah i don't know from a to Z, but you know oh I'm- my god <laughs> jesus christ superstar I imagine you clapping your hands like a seal right now. It's just terrible. I am clapping my hands like a seal. Like a seal. Oh, fuck. That's... I'm proud of myself for that twand. I'm, girl, you're a proud Mary. I am a proud Mary. Uh, and like all proud Mary, when you pee, it burns. Gosh, tell me about proud it. Proud Mary, keep tell. on burning. Tell me about it. Yeah, sorry, that was oh, a reach. Gosh. Yeah, no, I'm super excited because I um I I love Steve Kazee and what I've seen him in. Mm. Um however, I think that Andy Carl is just one of those people who are just so naturally goddamn likable mm-hmm. <laughs> that no matter what he does in a show. You, it's it's a success. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? And Absolutely. and that's not me. That's not me downplaying the fact that he's an amazing actor, an amazing performer. That's all included. Mm. For me, it's just the fact that he it, he he's the perfect package of a, of a performer. He's so talented and so likable, so goddamn handsome. Yeah. So. Gosh, on the 20th century, I just wanted to, like, jump on stage while he was just, like, doing push-ups with Christian Chenoweth on his back. And just, God, just... Yeah. Just, like, just... And just sit on his face till Tony night, you know? I did. I did want to sit on his face. Um, no, I know what you mean, though, because... It, I, <laughs> it's, like, so... Something it goes was, from being he's a nice person, like, what a nice, respectable young man, and then I we ruin it by being, you know, by saying things. Like, and I want to sit I on his face. I just want to sit on his face. <laughs> To the 13-year-old girls who listen to this podcast. Listen. Don't, it, that's, that's not a sexual thing. Sitting on someone's face is um, 
it's it's a new it, it's like planking. Is that when when two uh, grown <laughs> sweetheart when two grown adults love each other and respect each other very much, and one of them looks like Andy Carl. Yeah. Oh, you no. sit on their face. <laughs> you just sit on their face. Um, <laughs> no. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> but yes, let, please. But let yes. the car flow through you. Yes, yes, please. Um, what I was gonna say before we got into you know salad dressing. That little, um, oh my yeah, god. Um, salad bar. You were talking about you know how fucking likable he is and why it'll help him with this role because the role is not a super likable role. Uh, so having someone who is so naturally charming will mm-hmm. infuse it with a bit of life. Something that always bugs me with um, Broadway fans is if a performer is talented and you know they have their hardcore fans, those fans will you know bring them up for dream casting of like any role you can possibly think of, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't take into account like you know all the other elements that really make someone right for a role. Uh, yeah. So like, um, it would be the equivalent of someone going like, uh, uh, Ashley Park for Ava Perone. It's like she's a talented mm. girl. Right. She does not. She so cannot talented. sing Ava. Um, and or or um, I don't know. Like Ava Noblezada for Kunigunda in, in Candide. It's like she's so talented, but do not bring so her up talented. for that. But like, you know what I mean? Like, as, if yeah. someone is just like has talent. And there's a core group of young Broadway fans for them. They will bring them up for anything you can think of, right? Regardless of you know what they're right for. Um, yeah. And I think that is something that um, Andy Carl's casting this is a prime example of why you can't just put any old person in that role. It has to be someone who is talented, but also very likable with a great deal of charisma. Because that, yeah, because that yeah, <laughs> uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Because that role is a wet washcloth um, mm. in a piece where there are a lot of vibrant washcloths, and yeah. you got to get someone who can spice it up a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's glue. No one it, likes a non-spicy washcloth. You know uh uh-uh. I mean. No, if you're gonna be the glue in a piece, you better be glitter glue. No, I mean. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's like um, glitter. Uh, you know what I mean by like the glue roll. In a show, in a show or a movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like um to give to give everyone prime examples. Uh, Emma Stone in The Help. She's mm-hmm. technically the lead, but she's also the least interesting character in it. But she's the one that everyone right. goes through. Same thing with um right. Katie Heron in Mean Girls. I yes maintain totally. Lindsay Lohan gives my favorite glue performance of all time. But mm. it is Katie Heron is because she was girl. probably sniffing glue. Honestly, <laughs> she probably yeah. That's oh god, it makes me so sad. She wasn't sad. Don't be sad for her. I'm sad for <laughs> she her. She was now. very happy. She was very happy at the time. I'm just sad for her now. <laughs> oh, she's doing commercials for lawyers. She's fine. Have you seen that? Um, I have seen that actually. It's okay. it makes me very upset. <laughs> it is actually quite upsetting. <laughs> and like her face just won't the, unfreeze. No, the star of Herbie Fully Loaded just completely scrounging for pennies Aww. by agreeing to appear in an ad for legal advice and legal representation because she's had so many bouts with the law she also did a movie with like a fifty thousand dollar budget opposite james dean international porn star so like what do you not know about that no oh okay history lesson y'all 
Um, this was like, like I think James of, Dean, the porn star. Yes, porn star. Like the one. Who, like speaking of sitting on faces, like James Dean. Um, uh, oh, gosh. God. Okay. So I'm so sorry, 13 year old fansies. I, your parents must like be seeing a rapid change in you. Um, I've listened <laughs> to this podcast. This is the reason why What's we don't ter- record every day. Because if we recorded every fucking day, we would be. All the, all of the all of the youth of America would just be corrupted, being like, "Mom, who's James Dean, and why do I want to sit on his face?" Just like terrible. What are you doing? What's happening to you? You're turning into such a hooligan. Are you doing drugs or hanging around with people on the streets? No, Mom. It's Broadway breakdown. Get into it, bitch. <laughs> and slaps her and cups some glue her. as they walk out the door. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. So, so please tell me about this. So this a movie porn. called The Canyons. Um, I never actually sure. saw it, but the screenplay was written by Brett Easton Ellis, who... Oh my gosh, love yeah, him. Yeah, like, he wrote um, American Psycho. Yeah, um, Le- uh, uh, Less Than Zero. Yes, Less uh, Than Zero, thank yeah. you. I was going to say Stranger Than Fiction, I was like, that is not it. Less yeah. Than Zero, I loved Less Than Zero growing up. Rules yes. of Attraction, mm-hmm. very dark mind. Yes, he had a very dark mind, very uh, twisted novels, but good good, good writer. He's a very good writer. Yes, um, yes, he is. He wrote this screenplay. Uh, don't ask me what it's about. I don't know. Um, and he and the director, through Kickstarter, raised um, like a significant amount of money at the time. Uh, this movie came okay. out like six years ago, I want to say. So it was before Veronica Mars did their like $6 million fundraising on Kickstarter. Yes. So this it was still like a big deal that I think they raised like maybe $100,000, $200,000, something like that. Wow, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot, but again, I have to emphasize, Lindsay Lohan was their other star. Um, mm. So Lindsay Lohan, who was, like, probably paid, like, five or six million dollars for, for Herbie Fully Loaded and I Know Who yeah. Killed Me, uh, who knows what she made on the canyons. It's just, like, how far the mighty have fallen. Um, yeah. Yeah. And now I think she's on a British show, TV show with Rupert Grint. Um, what? That she might get fired from? I don't know. She's, like, doing a lot of British stuff lately. Apparently, they haven't uh, gotten to the end of the rope with her. Yeah, they're like, well, still, this is still happening with yeah. us. Yeah, we we'll still think you have it, Lindsay. Um, yeah. Yeah. But look look it up, the canyons. I want to know exactly how much money they raised. Because I remember at the time, it seemed like a really big amount. But now when you mm. think about how much money, like, Veronica Mars raised and, all, like, all these other things. It's probably two Bitcoins and a dream. Ex- exactly. Um, I mean, if I were Lindsay Lohan, I just would have done it for the thrill of working opposite James Dean. Same, honestly. Yeah. If I can't That's sit on Andy Carl, I'll sit on James Dean. That's one of my favorite old sayings. One of my favorite adages. From yes, that's what my grandmother 1900s. used to tell me when I was down and out um, mm-hmm. in elementary school. Yeah, she goes, honestly. Matthew. I would, you know, if I didn't get a part in a play I wanted, she goes, Matthew. Mm-hmm. If you can't sit on Andy Carl, sit on James Dean. Mm, so true. Thank great, you, Sally. Great advice. great advice. Thank you, Sally. So, oh, your grandma's name was Sally. That's my mom's name. Oh no, I, well, I have two grandmothers, obviously. Um, oh, well, <laughs> Sa- Sally and Nancy. Sally is the. I'm, older fam- one I'm familiar with genetics. I don't like, know, John. I, are you? I probably not. No. no, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if it wasn't explained to me in uh, Schoolhouse Rock, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't explained to me in the prologue of Hamilton, no idea. No, what's <laughs> fish? Please. Yeah, I need I need a time step and a dream. That's all. Oh, that's all we ever need. 
Um, that's great advice, though. Really great advice. Your grandmother's a kind, powerful woman. She... <laughs> Thunder thighs. Oh. Same? I, I Same. guess. I no, you do not have thunder thighs. You shut your whore mouth. I'm more of like lightning thighs because when I hit them together, it goes click, clack, crap. I, what the hell? <laughs> Don't. I should click, not clack, do yoga move. and then have coffee. Yeah. Because it creates a weird karmic swirl of energy. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, see, I mean, yeah. I do know. And, uh, and I regret everything that we've said today. Same, but... That's what we're here for. That's kids. <laughs> if there's anything you should take away from today, regret everything. Yeah. Well, first when you're about sit on Andy Carl's turn... face, then regret everything. True. Yeah. When you're about to turn thirty, um, it's it's the time to regret. <laughs> it's the time to look back at the the three decades that you've already had on this planet mm. and go, oh damn. Yeah. Oh damn. I'm supposed to do something, I guess. Yeah. And then don't. Don't no, because I, I just started watching a Netflix docu series and it's taking up all my time. I mean, it's only six episodes, but I, um, I don't want to do anything but watch it. Have you heard of Wild Wild Country? You would love it. I have heard of that. You would love it. It's insane. That's it's not, insane. That's not the one about all the you pe- sex cult, is it? It is the one about the sex cult. Oh it's not God. just sex. It's it's a cult, and it has some of the, just the, you know you. Some of these plays and these stories and these musicals that we know have such far-fetched or such dramatically interesting plots that you think, oh, that could never happen. Well, this shit really happened, and it is just insane. And I use the word insane a lot, being that I am one and insane, um, but I mean it. Dear God. You would love it. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, you would just love it too, just because you obviously are a fan of insane people. So yeah, I mean, if, you're, if they're still latched on to this episode, God knows. Yeah, if, if, if you are still latched on to this teat, I don't know what kind of milk you're getting, but it's not normal. So, <laughs> so you ain't normal either, no, Betsy. Not at all. Um, well, anyway, kids, uh, I think that's <laughs> a good uh, quote to end on today. Yeah, Matt is ending early because he knows that I have therapy in five minutes, so he's being very kind. <laughs> yeah. And I got to go drown my sorrows in a bottle of whiskey. Ooh, so early, but good for you. Nothing I like mean, a nooner whiskey. A whiskey yeah, nooner. No. Nope. You know, nope. It was five o'clock yesterday. I'm still on that time. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, John, uh, I would like to bring it to you this time. Who? What diver should we end this week's episode on? Um, well, I feel like we're going to at least get one more out before the, uh, one more episode out before the Tonys. Yeah, I I would like to. Yes, same. (laughs) So I was going to end with Katrina Lank, but I would actually rather save that for next week as a good omen, um, to her winning this year because I really want her to. Okay. So instead, you know what? I actually have not heard any of the Mean Girls soundtrack yet, so... Taylor Louderman, I'm impressed with your bitchiness. Let's hear it. Oh Hopefully. God, yeah. Is is there is there something that you could play that? Oh will... yeah. Um, those of you who, I just those of you who you know, know me, the Mean well. Girls score, you know what song we're gonna close out on, bitches. Um, All right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. So we'll 
Well, if, I, if I've done my job correctly after this, there will be two inserts of Taylor Latterman because we're going to close out on her big song, but my favorite song is not a big enough one to close out on. So we'll I'll include that ah. somewhere earlier in this episode. Oh, brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Yes. We talk about her a good amount. So actually, we just did a little bit of time traveling because you will not have even realized that we made the plan for the Taylor Latterman music that you just heard a couple minutes ago after you heard it. Oh my god, it's like, oh my god. It's Inception! Guys, Taylor Louderman will do another Rachel McAdams role in The Time Traveler's Wife, the musical. Oh my god, you're kidding. <laughs> well, with this time traveling section, yeah. It's, it'll, it'll oh, be, I it's, get it. Yes, there you go. It was a good joke. It was a good joke. The best jokes are the ones you have to repeat and explain. Yes. They make you think. They make you think. Okay, so everyone, this has been Broadway Breakdown. I am Matt Goblick. And I am John Wiscavage, and this is A Mean Girl. Regina George. Take it away, Uh, Taylor. (laughs) Gross. I couldn't hold it in. That's what she said. Bye. Bye. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.